Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Word association with John MacArthur. I use the complete idiot's guide to the Bible. Unqualified. Why can't my kids come into the service? Because we have PG-13 services. Unqualified. That has a nice ring to it. Unqualified. It wasn't a compliment. Junior church has taken over. It's designed for elementary kids or junior high. Who doesn't feel unqualified? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. How is your self-esteem? Mine's really good. Welcome to Witness Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio at Georgia Tech, and I'm feeling very good about myself. There's a dude walking down the sidewalk here about as tall as me whose legs, if it were possible, are actually skinnier than mine. Let's see if we can catch up with this young man. Welcome to the program, by the way. Excuse me. Hey, young man. Whilst you're walking, could I talk to you on the radio for a minute? Uh, yeah. Is that okay? How tall are you, dude? Six five. Six five? Yeah. No, you're not, because I'm taller than you, and I'm not six five. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you, but you just did. <laughs> I'm taller than you. Where are you from, young man? Venezuela. Right, there was a bit of an accent, but not much. Tell me, what is the uh, what is the sound they're making up there? Yikes! That's the new student center, right? Uh, no. No, it's not. What is it? The undergraduate learning summit. Got it. So in, in Venezuela, not that anybody can hear us anyway, what is the major religion there? I presume it's Roman Catholic. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So are you Roman Catholic? Yeah. Are you a practicing Roman Catholic? Not that much. Not that much. Why not? I don't know. Uh, usually when we are kids, we practice, and when we grow... You wander away. Yeah. You do what your parents tell you, and then when you become a man... Yeah, I mean, my parents also, they don't practice, so it's like... So you don't care. So did you believe any of that stuff when you were growing up about God, the afterlife? Yeah, I mean, I believe in God, but I just don't go to church. All right, that's it. So who do you think God is? Describe him or her for me. I don't know. There are no words to describe God. Okay, talk to me about the afterlife. Heaven, hell, what do you think there is? Well, I'm not pretty sure about that. I mean, there may be afterlife. They may not. Okay, if there is, where do you suppose you'd go? Heaven? <laughs> of course. I haven't met anybody who's ever said hell. But okay, you think heaven, huh? Yeah, sure. How come? I don't know. I'm a good person. <laughs> you think so, do you? Yeah. Well, you seem like a friendly enough fellow, but are you really good... Yeah. Okay, so let me get this right. I'm not bad. I mean, <laughs> all right. So let me just let me just let me just check this out a little bit. You're going to stand before God when you die. Who opens up the books on your Venezuelan life? He th- he sees everything that you've ever done, right? Everything in darkness, every thought you've ever had, everything you failed to do. Is he going to determine you're a good person, really? Yeah. So do you think that you've been morally pure with your thought life? Yeah. You never lust? Never what? To see a woman and have sexual desires. That would be to lust. Yeah, yeah. You do that? Yeah, but, I mean, that isn't human nature. You cannot avoid that. Well, no, it could be. That could be human nature, but that's irrelevant. If you do it, that's not being morally pure, right? Yeah. Do you ever tell lies? True. No, that not might that be much. Human. Not, I mean, not bad lies that hurt people. But right. Not you important do? lies. Yeah. Okay. So that would be another strike against you, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's your first name, by the way? Eduardo. Eduardo. Okay. So not morally pure. 
And you use your mouth sometimes to tell lies. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Do you know what that means, to blaspheme God's name? Yes, I have. I haven't done that. Never Never. like an OMG? Never. Using the name of Jesus, anything like that? Never. Okay, good. Have you ever stolen anything? Nope. You're sure, even as a kid, from your parents? No. From a sibling? Not really. All right. How's about this one? Have you ever murdered anybody? No. Which is a good thing. Okay, have you ever, though, been angry at somebody driving down the road on a Venezuelan freeway? You think they're an idiot or you've yeah. called them a worse name? Yeah, okay. it happens. Oh, I know it happens, right. Okay, because Jesus said you don't have to commit murder, but when you are just angry at somebody. The Bible says that that's just like murder of the heart because it's what's going on in your heart and in your head. Now, obviously, to physically murder somebody is worse, but the point is God judges really deep and purity of thoughts and words and deeds. So do you think that God has always been first in your life, Eduardo, that he's been number one priority for you? Not always. Definitely not. All right. So, dude, the Bible says that you should examine yourself Not me. I'm not your examiner. You should examine yourself to see if you are in the truth. Because sometimes we can be self-deceived. We can be going through life thinking one thing, but then truth gets revealed to us and we have to correct our thinking. So do you think really if God examined you on the day of judgment that he's going to agree with you and say, yep, Eduardo has been perfectly good? Not perfect, but good enough, I think. Nobody's perfect. I agree with you. Nobody's perfect, but that doesn't mean that God should give a pass to everybody. Yeah. Right? So if God judged you on the standard, what I was taking you through is the Ten Commandments. By the way, I don't know if you recognize that, but I was taking you through the Ten Commandments, God's standard for perfection. If he judged you based on that standard, not your standard, not my standard, but God's standard, Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty, Eduardo? I don't know, maybe guilty. Well, if you've lied and lusted and been angry and God hasn't been first and you've been an idolater, then you'd definitely be guilty, wouldn't you? Yep. I would be definitely guilty. So if you're definitely guilty and God is good and he's just, Eduardo, what do you think God should do with you? Take you to heaven or should he send you to hell? I'm not really sure. I mean... I don't believe that much that either we're going to heaven or hell, so... Right. I don't... I understand. But if he judged you based on that standard and you were guilty, where would you go? Maybe hell, but, I mean, if I have to be someone, I am not just to be... Just to go to heaven, I'd rather be myself and go to hell, so... Yeah, well, you are being yourself. That's... I mean, I understand that. But the consequences for being yourself would be that you're going to hell. Right? Probably, probably not. Probably, probably not. Yeah. Why would God give you a pass? Why would God say, even though you've, you've broken my laws, Eduardo, I'm going to let you into heaven? Why would he do that? I don't know. He's merciful. But if he just showed you mercy, he'd be corrupt at the same time. Because it's like a judge who lets a guilty criminal go. He might be nice, but he's not just anymore. Right? Okay, what if somebody paid your fine? Let's say that you had a fine, a debt against God, and somebody paid it for you. Then, could God take you to heaven if somebody made up for all the sins that you've committed? Then you could go to heaven, couldn't you? I guess not. I mean, 
doesn't work like that, I think. <laughs> well, if you were standing in a courtroom and you owed the judge a well, million bucks. Well, if you're talking about Jesus, okay. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hitting at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if Jesus paid your fine, then you could go to heaven. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. You've broken the law and Jesus paid your fine for you. Now, that would be exceedingly good news, wouldn't it? Yeah. You're guilty, but Jesus kept all the laws and all the commandments, was beaten on your behalf so that you could have your fine paid and you could have your sins forgiven. That's the good news of the gospel, right? Yep. So you, a guilty criminal, can be set free by God himself because of his goodness. Now, that's pretty good news, isn't it? Yeah, sure. If it is true. <laughs> If it is true, you are correct. Yeah, so maybe we part company with that, with that thought. If it is true, right now, Eduardo, it sounds like you'd be going to hell, right? Yeah. But if it's maybe. true, God's also willing to forgive you if you repent. Do you know what that word yeah. means? Do you remember? Sure. What does it mean? Uh, to feel bad for what you did. Part of it, right? But if I punched you in the nose and felt bad and punched you in the nose again, uh, that's not repentance, right? Yeah, I mean, not doing it again. Yeah, turn it, turning from your sins. And you put your trust in Jesus. And the Bible says when you do that, God actually will change you from the inside out and he'll forgive you and he'll grant you everlasting life based on what Jesus did on your behalf. If it's true, right? So, dude, I know you're here. You're out of the from out of the country, yeah. and you're learning lots of stuff. How old are you? About 21? 26. 26? Yeah. <laughs> you're an old man. So you're 26 years old, and you're probably thinking about stuff like this at least a little bit, trying to figure out what's true, what is right. Okay, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every other religion is wrong, he said, but Jesus. You should figure out if that's true. Okay. All right. I'm going to walk away from you. You're never going to see me again, most likely. I'm a complete stranger. But basically what I've been saying, you've maybe heard some of these things before. Okay? All right. So ponder it as if your eternity depended on it. Because Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his very soul? So you go to school, you get become an engineer, or whatever it is that you're doing here. And you get all rich, and you buy a big house, and you have a wife and kids, but you die and go to hell. means nothing all of a sudden. Right. Right? So think about your soul, and think about your eternity. Listen to your conscience. And if it troubles you, that you're in big trouble. If you agree with God that you're not a good person, you're a bad person, who can be forgiven by a good God, repent and put your trust in him. Don't take my word for it. You can find a Bible, right? Sure. Read it. All right. See if what I'm saying is true. Try the Gospel of John on for size. All right. All right. Hey, come in. Thanks for the chat. Appreciate it very much. Bye-bye. See you. Goodbye. I wish you could have seen Eduardo. Kind of squirming, kind of wiggling as well. He should have because hopefully his conscience was doing a work. And what a sad thing, too. Here's another young man who went to church. Never, never, I'm certain, never heard the good news put like that. Um, I'd bet the farm if I had one that he never heard the good news like that. We're at Georgia Tech. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio.
Here's a preborn story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. And she met her baby on the ultrasound. She just wept uncontrollably. Couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion as the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound. When a woman in crisis sees her baby, 80% of the time she chooses life for just $28, you could provide one of those ultrasounds. But I would ask you, how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide? The more ultrasounds, the more saved babies. Please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So did you know Christianity is a cognitive religion or how you go about making America great again? Well, you do if you're subscribed to the free Wretched Newsletter. You would have also found out early about the release of Road Trip to Truth Season 3, current job openings that we have available here at Wretched, casting calls for our latest productions, and news on all of our sales, like our recent Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale and our current year-end 50-50 sale. All you have to do is be signed up for the free Wretched Newsletter, which you can do right now at Wretched.org, and you'll never miss miss another wretched update which could be good or bad just depending on how you look at it and while you're there at wretched.org signing up for the free wretched newsletter take a gander at our donate page and get all of the information about becoming a wretched gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate wretched amazing grace amazing gospel confession normally numbers aren't my favorite subject but these numbers make me happy MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 1536. John Calvin publishes The Institutes of the Christian Religion, the most substantial theological work of the Reformation. Calvin's ideas would deeply influence church and politics in Switzerland and Scotland and take root in the newly discovered North America. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Witness Wednesday. It's Wretched Radio at Georgia Tech. Okay, there's another dude in pajamas. What's up with this? Is it pajama day here? Hey, dude, is it pajama day here or something? Um, I really have no idea. I'm seeing people walk around here in pajamas. Is, okay. Is, there, is it some, like, kooky pajama day? 
I have you no don't know. idea. Well, I would like to I thank you no for actually wearing clothes. pants. That's Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Are you going to school here? Yes. Will you talk to me on the radio for a minute? Uh, sure. What are you studying? I'm a computational media. I actually. have no idea what that means, dude. Uh, it's a lot like computer science, but with arts. Do you think... I'm going to set you up for something, okay? Because you Uh-oh. might smell this one coming. I'm going to set you up, so I'm giving you fair warning. That, that work to design a program in order to mm-hmm. make it work, do you think that... A program like that could happen all by itself. Um, well, no, actually. Well, let's say that there are billions of years. Do you think that that could program itself? Um, not without some type of human to program a program and, and that could it. program. That Do program. you believe in evolution or creation? See how I set you up there? Yeah, I see that. All right. What do you believe in? Evolution, definitely. Hmm. Evolution, the concept that nothing designed, all this intricate design stuff. Yeah. But you just said that it takes a designer. Yeah. But not for you? No. What's the difference? Because uh, programs cannot be randomly generated. I agree. Neither can you. So wouldn't you be created too? No. (laughs) There's actually a lot of evidence that goes against the uh, designer aspect of whatever we're actually talking about. Well, we'll hold on to that for a second, but I, th- I thought I just logic you. I thought I just gave you a reason, which an evolutionist should be fond of, right? Yeah. So let me, let me suggest that. What's your first name? You're a nice guy. What's your first name? I'm Joey. Joey, nice to meet you. Now, Joey, I'm just guessing. There must be a different reason for your desire to believe in evolution. Because you and I are like this close, and yet we part. I believe in God. You believe in, I presume, no God? Uh, yes. Okay. So how come you suppose we're looking at the same evidence, we're logicking through it, we seem to be going to the same conclusion, and then you go, whoop de doo nothing designed it, nobody made anything, and I say, well, wait a second. If we're going to be consistent, somebody had to design it, somebody had to make this stuff. What do you suppose it is that causes you to lean toward evolution rather than God creating the world? Uh, because programs don't really create themselves. They cannot think like we would. Like, programs don't exist in a natural world. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Same thing with you, dude. You had to be made. You don't just, like, abstractly come out of nowhere. Somebody had to go, I'm going to make something, and I'm going to make it look like that. Yeah, I'm and that was my mom and my dad. All right, and let's just screw a little infinite regress here. Somebody <laughs> had to come up with the whole idea and design it and make it all work. All right, so when... I'm I think did it you was go more to, of a trial and error process Did there. you go to church as a kid? Uh, a, a couple times, actually, yes. A couple of times. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this one out. Don't take a poke at me, okay? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why the Bible says you believe what you believe, okay? Okay. All right. You believe the idea of evolution because you think, you perceive that it accounts for no God. That God wasn't needed for any of this. Therefore, I have no God. I'm accountable to no one. And there are no rules that I need to adhere to. Therefore, I can do whatever I want to. I believe Immanuel Kant said something very similar to that. The idea is no God, no rules. If Joey Mm -hmm. can figure out a way to suppress what is pretty obvious... You got a design, there's a designer. The creation is screaming at you that God exists. Yeah. You can suppress that truth so you can live in unrighteousness. There you go. Uh, I don't agree with that, actually. Why not? Uh, because I, following following your model there, I wouldn't have any type of morality, no sense of social 
uh, interaction or anything like that. And I mean, just through interactions with people, non-religious, religious, whatever. I mean, I obviously have some type of sense of what I should I, be doing with I my agree, life. I right? agree, and I think it's called a conscience. I mean, that's why I'm here, going to college, right? Yep. And I also think, though, that that if you could, though, if you had your druthers, there's a lot of things you would probably be inclined to do if there was no threat of punishment or being ashamed in front of society. That what's going on now? On the outside, you're a pretty cleaned-up cup, but on the inside, I'm guessing inside of your heart, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah, I mean, I believe in humanity, and I believe in uh, being together and whatnot, and uh, living together and not wronging people by any means, but uh, I don't think that's implanted by any type of uh, higher being or anything I'm gonna, like I'm that. Gonna, you ready for this? I'm going to try to convert you right right now, okay? All right. You ready? Here we go. Try your hardest. I'm going <laughs> to try to... I'm even going to tell you my strategy. I'm going to go around that big intellect of yours, mm-hmm. okay? All the smart stuff that you've got going on with the computation and the things that you do with the program and the stuff. Right. I'm going right around that, and I'm going to try to get your conscience. Might be a little dead right now, but I'm going to try to put some paddles on it to give it a little jolt, okay? I'm going to dig inside of your heart, all right? Joey, how many times have you told a lie? Uh, Many times. Okay, so if I told many lies, what name Mm -hmm. would you give to me? What would you call me? I don't don't know your name, actually. Rhymes with pants on fire. My name is Todd. Okay. But you'd say, Todd, you're a liar, liar, your pants are on fire, because you tell lots of lies, right? Right. So you would be a... I would be a person who who is a liar, right? All right. How many things have you stolen in your life, Joey? Um, very few things, and that was adolescence. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. Yeah. All right? doesn't matter even the quality or the price of the object. God's looking at your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's steal- he's not impressed if it's a million dollars or a million toothpicks. It just doesn't matter to God. It's your heart. So you've stolen. That would make you a... Thief. Rock on. Lust. Purity of heart. Right. Lusting at women. Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay. So God knows that too. Have you ever blasphemed God's name? Yes. So you've done that. All right. Here's the deal. You will die one day. Mm -hmm. God will not just call your number. He's going to kill you because that's how you die. Because right now he's sustaining your life. Sure. He's giving you air. He's letting everything flow through your body and work. He's going to make that stop. You will die. You'll stand before him. He opens up the books on Joey's life. Mm -hmm. Joey, will you be innocent or guilty before God? Well... If God is a forgiving God, I don't mm-hmm. think it would yeah, matter, it, 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 actually. Innocent or guilty? I don't believe in ultimatums. Innocent. I always believe everything is in the gray. Well, I don't know that you can get away with that in court. If they've got all this the evidence... This isn't court. Well, You're sure talking about God. The just judge of all the world who will judge all people according to what they have done. Uh-huh. That's why we have such a sense of justice, and we like it when criminals get punished because it's bad. Not necessarily. Okay. Well, I don't know about you, but most of us like justice. We like to see the rapist get punished. We like the murderer who hurt the old grandmother to get what he has coming to him, and so does God. Mm -hmm. But he's going to go so much deeper. He's going to get liars and thieves and blasphemers and adulterers and idolaters, Mm -hmm. those who covet and desire things that are not grateful. He's going to get it all. Right. Innocent or guilty. I'm still not going to answer that. Okay. Well, if you're like the rest of us... If God wants to do innocent or guilty, he can choose for himself. He will, but this is a wise man, though, thinks this through. Mm -hmm. Right? Justice? 
what, have I upheld justice? Have I been perfectly just? And the answer is no, you haven't been. I haven't been. Nobody's been. We'd all be guilty and we'd all deserve hell. Mm-hmm. That would be right for God yeah. to do that to us. That yeah. would be just for him to do that. Right? Yeah, in your terms, exactly. All right, God's terms. Right. doesn't matter what my terms are. God's terms. And your conscience right now should be going, those terms are right. That, that resonates. I've done wrong. I know it. And I know that I deserve to be taken to task for that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get your conscience going, Joey. I'm trying to uh, alarm you and awaken you Oh, it's right going. Now. All right. Now, what was that thing that you'd mentioned about forgiveness? What about it? You said that God is forgiving. What well, was that about? Supposedly. Mm-hmm. I he mean, is. according to the Bible, right? You're right. Yes, he is. So why would he send all these people to hell? Why not give them another shot? If Jesus died for our sins and we never sin, Jesus died for nothing. Well, close, right? God so loved the world. He well, gave that's his only some logic right there, isn't it? Aren't you a man of logic? Weren't you well, trying, trying to logic to. me here? All right, I'll try to. Okay, God has given a million chances to you already. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you believe in rebirth? Um, not in the same way you're thinking right now. I do. Mm-hmm. But not. I'm thinking spiritually, and you're maybe thinking physically or reincarnation. Yeah. Okay? God has spoken to you every single day through the creation. The Bible says God created the world, and day after day it speaks to you. Joey... Mm-hmm. I made this place. Wake up, man. Wake up. I made it. I'm your maker. And you haven't listened. He's been preaching to you every single time you've taken a step or a breath. Right. So he's given you a million chances already. And he's given you a conscience for you to listen to it and go, okay, there's a creator. I've got a conscience. This is not looking good for me. I better figure out who that creator is mm-hmm. so that I can be made right with that creator. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble. So he's, all, he's preached to all of us a bazillion times. We just don't like to listen because the place that it leads is scary. The idea of meeting God, who is just and a consuming fire, that's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. All right. Have I done anything for your conscience today? Um, Not necessarily. Where are you walking right now? Uh, To go grab some lunch over there. All right. Will you let me do a commercial and we can wrap this up in in just a few minutes? You know how this works. Oh, uh, because remember, I'm a Christian, and we're about making money, so we got to sell the commercials <laughs> right. so I can drive a fancy car and have a diamond ring. All right. All right well, let me cut the commercial. All right. I'll walk Head with out. you, though. I'll walk with you, though, dude. It'll only take a minute. Just hang in there. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Yeah, listen to this. So if you're heterosexual and you're a man and you said you wouldn't date a trans woman because it's a preference, that's just transphobia, period. The majority of the time, our preferences are rooted in something problematic. So if there's a man who prefers to be a woman, that would just be rooted in something problematic. Isn't that the logic she just used here? Also, if you're a heterosexual male who prefers not to date a trans woman, that doesn't make you transphobic. That makes you a heterosexual male. Common sense just isn't very common anymore. And here's even more weirdness. This is incoming House Democratic Whip Catherine Clark. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. So I have three children, the oldest, which is 20, the youngest, which is 11. And I can honestly say that none of them have ever woken up in the middle of the night having had a nightmare about climate change. And I would say Representative Clark's child didn't either. 
Most of you that listen know that Todd loves to correct people's grammar. I teach high school English and whoo, the white supremacy runs deep. Let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made up rules. They're arbitrary. They were created by Westerners in power. Which got me thinking, what if I started my school year with a unit honoring how we talk rather than teaching students how to write properly? Okay, so so if that's a trend, I wonder what published books are going to sound like 20 years from now. Well, Disney recently came under fire for referencing Satan in its new Disney Plus series, The Santa Clauses, starring Tim Allen. Country music singer John Rich criticized a moment in the third episode of the show when a group of elves get in a formation and spell out, We love you, Santa, but instead, they mistakenly spell out, We love you, Satan. About the moment, Rich said, quote, Keep in mind, this made it through the editing process into the final product. Yeah, you can't say it wasn't intended. Well, according to a new report from the Association of Theological Schools, the total number of Master of Divinity students at theological schools in the U.S. and Canada have continued to decline in 2022, even as the number of students enrolled in Master of Arts programs have continued to increase. The report projects a total of 28,000 MDiv students enrolled in U.S. and Canadian schools in the fall of 2022, which is a 4% decline from the 29,100 in 2021. The numbers were nearly 31,000 in 2018 and 19. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Make this snappy. Joey's in a hurry. Joey, I'm going to give this to you really quick, okay? All right. Hopefully we just concluded you're a bad guy like the rest of us. Right. You deserve God's wrath. But you Uh mentioned something about forgiveness and Jesus dying for sinners. Right. You're right. God is just, and he'll give you what you deserve. But he's kind, and he's merciful, and he wants to save you. But in order to uphold justice, there has to be somebody to pay your fine. Because if he just forgives you without a fine payer, he's no longer just. So that God can be just, and the justifier of those who believe he sent his son, born of a virgin, to live under the law, to keep all the laws you've broken to be brutally beaten, to die on a cross for you, Joey, so that your sins could be put on him and his goodness could be credited to your account. Right. That's the good news of the gospel. Okay. You can die and go to heaven, not because of your goodness. You can die and not go to hell because of your badness, because Jesus took your badness Mm. and provides you with goodness so that you can go to heaven and be with God, so that Jesus can get all the credit Mm -hmm. for saving a rotten guy like you and me. Right. That's the good news of the gospel. All right. Now, here's what you got to do in response to that. Not just go, that's nice. It works for the tall, skinny guy. That's his truth. It's truth. And you should respond, not in fear of hell, but because God is so willing to save you from hell, and that's amazing kindness, you need to repent and put your trust in him. Okay. Say you're sorry, turn from your sins, put your trust in his son, and then, Joey, you'll go to heaven because of Jesus. All right. And your conscience will be cleansed. Your sins will be forgiven. Okay? Right. You've been patient. It's been a delight talking to you, and I mean it. All right. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. We 
All right, Georgia Tech. And I got to tell you one one quick thing about Joey. I don't know if you heard the earlier part where I said I'm, gonna, I'm trying to wake up your conscience. And he said, well, you have. And as best I can tell. But if I were reading that body language, right, his, his lip was quivering. Sometimes that can happen when people are nervous because there's a microphone in their face. That could be one of the reasons. Have to admit that. Or it could be that he was just getting startled. And I've seen that plenty of times, too. Best I could tell based on the visual cue, I gave him the gospel. Even though his mouth said, I don't care, his physiology, I think that's the right word, said, I do care. And so I gave him the gospel. So you got to watch for those things, too, because we should desire to give the good news of the gospel. We're at Georgia Tech, and I'm telling you, uh, I don't want to see any more pajamas. I just, all right, let's see, let, let me ask this dude what's going on here, although he's listening to his headphones. Excuse me. Hey, while you're walking, could I talk to you on the radio for a moment? Sure. Is it pajama day here at Georgia Tech? I have no idea. I've been seeing people without shoes on all day, too. All right. So what are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Uh, Mechanical engineering. You want to be a mechanical engineer? Yes. You go to the office. It's 9 o'clock. You punch in the card. And what do you do for the next eight hours? I hope to, how do I say this, work on engines for traveling, I guess, more or less out of the earth. So space stuff. Yeah. Do you think there's life out there? Uh, there's a chance. I mean, how big's the chance? I mean, the universe is pretty big, so <laughs> I'd say it's better than fifty percent chance that there's no. Definitely, there is not. What now? What inf- now? What evidence do we have that there's any life out there right now at all? Uh, Zero. That we have. Yeah, right. But just because there's a lot of space out there, you take zero times a bazillion, and you still get zero. Okay. But then again, you could also say that how come only one planet out of... All of them, billions and billions. Yeah, I mean, a really big number can only contain one form of life. Well, I, I I have an idea about that. What is that? I think God made this planet. True. And made you and me and everything on it. That is very true. So there you go. If you go with that way, yes. But keeping an open mind as a scientist, because, of course, you're at Georgia Tech, so... Yes, you have and to do that. Yes, you have to keep Otherwise you fail. everything. So, What religion are you, young man? I'm Catholic. Tell me, as a Catholic, why should I become a Catholic? Uh, Sell me. I want to sign up ooh, for the Catholic club. That is Give difficult. me a good reason. That is very difficult. Um, actually, I don't really have a really good reason. I mean, I personally, I'm not, I don't really follow it too much, but I do follow along as in... Religion, mostly, as in Christianity, I guess, is more of my broad. I was raised Catholic, but I believe in just Christianity, mostly. All right. Let me try this and see what you think of this, okay. all right? Going back to God making this world, yeah. we need to ask ourselves the question, why did God make this world, all right? all right? What was the point? Why did he do this? Boredom, maybe? How's about this? God has attributes, that require an object to demonstrate those attributes. For instance, God is love, but as a Christian, you would say that he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yeah. so he can love himself yeah. and demonstrate that attribute and enjoy himself. But he has other attributes that are relational. Mercy, grace, loving kindness. And he doesn't need to show those attributes to himself because he does not need mercy, grace, or loving kindness. So those attributes that he possesses cannot be put on display unless there is an object of mercy, grace, and loving kindness. So I believe that God created the world 
put a couple of people in a garden. They disobeyed, throwing the whole world into sin, including you and me. We're bad people. We're not good. And we are in such desperate trouble because we've broken all of God's laws that we deserve his wrath, that unless he shows us mercy, grace, and loving kindness, we will perish. And so it is. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for sinners like you and me so that if we will respond rightly in repentance and faith, God will show us mercy, grace, and loving kindness, forgive all of our sins, and grant us everlasting life. And that way, for all of eternity, he could point to a guy like you or me as an example of how kind and good he is. That's why God created the world. It's a very good way of thinking about it. I like that. So let me ask you a question, young man. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Um, depends, really, on the topic. All right. How's it about compared to the topic of the Ten Commandments? Um, probably not. Okay. Probably you've, not. You've lied? Yes, I have. Stolen? Uh, no. Ever? Never. Even as a child, downloading music, late for work? Oh, I guess downloading music, yes. Right. I've done that. Right. As far as actually picking up with my hands? Doesn't matter, because it's a heart issue. Not so much, yeah. yeah. God's not impressed if you steal this escape hybrid or this old Lincoln here. Yeah. It's about your heart, not the value of the object. Have you lusted? Yes. Right. Have you ever blasphemed God's name? Uh, out of anger, probably once or twice. Okay. But, but then I said sorry after. All right. But you've done that. Yes, you've, I've you've done You've taken that. God's precious name and dragged it through the mud. Yes. And that's why he says, I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain. Yeah. All right. All right. So the topic, the situation was the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You've broken at least four of the ten that we just went through. Yes. All right. I just asked you before if you thought you were a good person, and you said pretty good. But a person who lies and lusts and blasphemes and steals really isn't a good person, is he? Well, that is true. But if you take into every person on the earth, there's not one person on this earth right now that has not done that. You have just quoted a Bible verse. There you go. There is nobody who does good, no, not one. You're right. Yeah. We're yeah. all sinners. We're all bad. Yeah. That's why he made us, so that he could rescue us. Yeah. But making sure that you are his child starts with understanding that as an unregenerate sinner, you're not his child. You're a rebel at heart. I think salvation, true salvation, if you've ever wondered about this, what does it really mean to be an, a Christian? I think it starts with a correct understanding of who God is and who we are, and that we're not good people at all. We're, we're really, to the core, quite wicked and quite rebellious. That's true. And until we start there, for a lot of people, Christianity is kind of something that they try or play with because... They think it's the right thing to do. They grew up that way. Yeah. Society demands that they want their kids to behave. But that's not what God is looking for. He wants to rescue sinners. Jesus said he didn't come to heal those who thought they were well, but those who understand that they're sick. Dude, I don't know where you're at with your personal salvation. Yeah. But I would challenge you today to examine yourself and see if you're in the truth. Okay? Okay. And it starts with really look carefully at your heart. I mean, think about dude, the lusting alone, or whether it's been pornography, or fornication, or stealing, or coveting, or rebellion to your parents. We don't thank them for food, or shoes, or for a college education. And let those things start to weigh on you till you realize, I have been such a rebel, and God died for me anyway, and it should break your heart. 
And it should cause you to come to him in humility to say, God, I'm sorry. I have been all wrong about this. Please forgive me. You turn from your sins. It doesn't mean you become perfect. I'm not saying that. But you have a new attitude about sins, and you put your trust in Jesus, just like you put your trust in a parachute. And God says when you come to him like a little child, not thinking you're good, not thinking you're earning it, but crying out for mercy because you understand that he is good, that's when he says, I'll save you. I'll rescue you. And then I'm going to point to you for the rest of eternity and say, I saved that guy. That's how good I am. So that God can get all the credit. Okay. (laughs) All right. The Bible says, by grace, are you saved through faith? Not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. Yeah. I don't know if you're in a right relationship with God or not. It's not my place to judge. But you know, right? Okay. And if you have never died to yourself, see if you're in the truth. And understand that God is willing to rescue you and save you if you will come to him in humility and repentance and faith. Okay? Okay. All right. Goodbye, young man. It was a pleasure meeting you. You too. Witness Wednesday at Georgia Tech. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, Four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Question, have you taken the opportunity to jump on the road trip to truth for season three? Because if you haven't, you are missing out on a wealth of information. In Season 3, host John Favarez tackles topics like aliens and the Bible, the dangers of social media, femininity, masculinity, the real meaning of sex, justice, Christmas, and hermeneutics, among others, with experts like Alan Parr, Dr. Collins Mothers, Dr. Jason Lyle, Tom Hammond, Nate Pigowitz, Dr. Paul Twist, and more. Check out Road Trip to Truth Season 3 if you haven't done so yet. It's a valuable resource for you, your kids, and your church. Available now in the Wretched store at wretched.org. Oh, and while you're there at wretched.org, make sure you make some time to jump on over to our donate page and check out all of the information on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches.
villages, it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 describes the Son of Man who came from heaven, received worship from all nations, and rules a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Jesus uses this title to affirm that He is fully human and fully divine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Witness Wednesday. It's Wretched Radio here at Georgia Tech with a dude who's uh, kind of got a funky head on who's about ready to eat a piece of pizza. Hey, dude. I hate to do that to you while you're eating a piece of pizza, man. I'm very sorry. I'm like a bad waiter. Can I ask you a question on the radio while you're eating? Sure. Cool. Where are you from? Roswell. Right here in Georgia? Yes. All right. I just... I just... uh, was wondering if you're from Roswell, Georgia. This is a part of the Bible Belt, right? Do you happen to be a part of that Bible Belt community? Are you a Bible Belter yourself? Not really. You're not. It's pretty unusual. Most people around here tend to lean toward that, being Christian types. You're not one of those? No, I wouldn't consider myself. No. No? How come? I don't know. I like to sleep in on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Because it's a better option than going to church, huh? Did you go to church as a kid? Yeah. Yeah? What did they teach you? Um, it's just like a set of morals that I don't, like, I don't disagree with them. Like, I don't have a problem with, like, Christians in general. It's just something. You don't like the rules? I don't mind the rules, I just think they can be inconvenient. I agree with that. Did they ever teach you more than rules? Was that it? Just do this, don't do that? That was it? I mean, there's a lot of stories, too. Right. Noah and the Ark, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. Jesus, those stories. What was the What was the point of all of that? Did they ever get around to telling you that? I think it's, like, basis for their rules. Hmm do this because of like this happened with these people a while ago and stuff like that all right, all right i'm gonna do this quick because you're being kind of taught to me you're putting up with me and you're eating your pizza let me let me just share an alternative to that and you can do with it as you see fit okay all right here's why the rules were given so that you could see yourself the way that god sees you pretty radical thought right how old are you 21. 21. All right. Because you and I have a tendency to look at people and compare ourselves to people that we see on the news, and we console ourselves by saying, well, I'm not as bad as that rapist. I'm doing pretty good. But God gave rules so that you could see yourself the way he sees you with his standard. So when he said, don't tell lies, he did that so that every time you told a lie, you could realize, wow, uh, I'm in trouble here. Have you told a lot of lies in your life? Um, I don't know. Probably. Okay. 
I have. Have you stolen anything in your life? Yeah. All right. I have done that too. Have you ever lusted, looked at a woman, had sexual thoughts, desires that you shouldn't have? I guess. Okay, because that's that dreaded, you shouldn't commit adultery. But Jesus said, if you just look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. And there's nobody breathing who hasn't done that. Oh. Okay? So what's the point? Well, so the point is, good question, is that those rules should start to cause you to go, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble here. I haven't kept the rules. Just like if you didn't keep the rules here at Georgia Tech, or if you didn't keep the rules in Roswell... You'd be arrested, you'd be in trouble, you'd be punished for breaking the rules. And if you have broken God's rules, you start to get the sense, I'm going to get punished. That was the purpose of the rules. Not so that you'd keep them so that you could think you're a good person, but so that every time you failed them, you would understand you're a bad person. But they're impossible rules, so I even play the game. That's exactly why, why, why God did it that way, because it is impossible for us to keep the rules. Because what Christianity is all about isn't just knowing the ark and the flood and those stories. It's telling a story of God desiring to redeem humanity. Because you and I haven't kept the laws. We need somebody to keep the laws on our behalf. We need somebody to take the punishment that we deserve from God so that God can forgive our sins and rescue us from what we deserve from him. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is the good news of the gospel, that Jesus kept all the laws that you and I have broken, that Jesus took the punishment that you and I deserve so that God could forgive us. Because if God just forgave a guy like you without there being a payment for your crimes, then he wouldn't be just. But he's just and the justifier of those who believe. So justice was satisfied when Jesus died for you, a sinner, so that when you stand before God, even though you've racked up a heap of debt, Jesus paid the fine for you on your behalf. And the reason the rules were given was to drive you to the point where you where you look to God to say, I don't do good. I need you to help me. I need you to save me. That's the point of the Ten Commandments. That's the point of the rules, to help you to understand that you're a sinner in need of saving and to ask God to have mercy on you. And he will because of what Jesus did. That's the gospel. All right. So if no matter what I do, it's already like paid for. And if I like recognize forgiveness and stuff like that, then why wouldn't I just do whatever I want whenever I want and then just ask for forgiveness at the end of the day? You would only do that if you don't esteem the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. It would, be, it would be like a kid who goes out fishing with his dad at a big lake. And dad says, son, I'm going to take you fishing. But here's the deal. I don't want you to go in the boat all by yourself because there's alligators out in those waters. And I don't want you to get in trouble. The kid says, okay. But a couple of days of camping go by. Dad's taking a nap in the tent. And the kid thinks, ooh, I'd like to go out there. That sure looks exciting. So he gets into the boat all by himself. He finds himself floundering around. All of a sudden, an alligator hits his, hits his boat with his tail, knocks the boat over. The kid finds himself in alligator-infested water. And they're coming at him, and he's screaming for help. Passes out. The next thing he knows, he wakes up on the sand on the beach. He rolls his head, and he looks around, and he sees across the beach his dad ripped to shreds. And he concludes, "Uh uh-oh, I disobeyed. I was getting what I deserved. Dad must have jumped in the water, rescued me, and he got torn up on my behalf. Now imagine if that kid said, huh, I think I'm going to go back out in the boat now and play around again. He'd say, that kid's nuts. If you understand that Jesus Christ died for you, a sinner, 
you wouldn't ever want to go do the, the things that caused him to be crucified on your behalf. It would demonstrate that you're ungrateful and you don't understand the sacrifice that he made for you. But when we esteem the sacrifice, when we understand the kindness that was demonstrated to us, then we don't want to sin anymore. We have new desires and new affections that God gives to us. That's why we wouldn't do it. Okay. Fair enough? Um, do you believe in evolution? No. Why not? Because I think God made you. Like? And designed you. Here's why I think God made the world. Okay? God didn't evolve it. He made it because he had a plan. Before eternity began, the plan was to make human beings fully formed the way they were, Adam and Eve style, knowing that we'd sin, knowing that we would we would rebel against him so that he could send his son to rescue us. God's whole plan is to glorify himself by saving a sinner like you. He made the world so that Jesus could die for you, so that you could be forgiven, so that everyone will point to God for all of eternity and say, God is so amazingly kind. He saved a sinful, wretched man like the kid from Roswell. Here's the question for you, dude, as we part company, okay? All right. How old are you? 21. 21. So you're kind of thinking some of these thoughts, maybe a little, maybe thinking I'll deal with them when I get out of here and get married. I'm encouraging you to think about them now. As you sit here right now, the Bible says the wrath of God abides upon you. You have been heaping up debt with God by sinning, by being ungrateful, by blaspheming his name, by being an idolater, by lusting, maybe doing other sins that are none of my business you've piled up wrath and every day you live it's like your cup is being filled up with the wrath of God someday he will have enough of you and he will grow weary of keeping you alive and he will end your life and he will give you what you deserve and he will pour out his wrath on you and that's a scary thing to ponder yeah. but the good news is everyone's in hot water though I agree you're right and that's why he sent his son to rescue us. He took the hot water so that we could live. That's the point of the gospel. And just so you know this, too, please know this. I've been talking about hell and that you're going if you don't repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. But you shouldn't repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ because you're afraid of hell, but because he has been so kind to save you from hell. He died to rescue you. He knew you would sin against him, and he died for you anyway. That's kindness. That's goodness. That's amazing grace. And it should be that goodness that leads you to go, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me, to turn from your sins and put your trust in his son because of his goodness, so that you can actually be in a right relationship with God. <clears throat> that's what you should That's what you should ponder. Yeah. All right? Food for thought today? Pizza Hut. That's it. Nothing. I haven't made any impact. Nothing. I mean, it's not news. Like, you, that's not the first time I've heard that, and, and it probably won't be the last because I'm sure you probably make rounds or something like that. Sure. And so I've already thought about a lot of this stuff. Like, I'm sure you can tell. And so, I mean, you just got to take it as it comes. Right. Just don't die until it comes. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I'll try not to. Yeah, man. Thanks for the chat. All right. Goodbye. Have a good one. All right. See you. Until tomorrow. Go serve your king.